is how do we navigate difficult wedding clients? Mm. Mm. Because I think that's the thing that makes stylists step away from it probably more than anything Mm -hmm. is managing expectations and the happiness of a bride or bridesmaids because sometimes I think they're worse than brides. Are you tired of wasting time, money, and color in your salon? Let's put an end to it together with Salon Scale, the game-changing color management software that eliminates color waste and boosts profits. If you are ready to take control of your salon success, tap the link in our show notes to receive 10% off. Let's end our messy hairstylist ways and maximize our earnings by reducing waste together. Welcome to the Messy Hairstylist Podcast. I'm Kelsey Morris. And I'm Abby Warther. Whether you are a mess literally or figuratively, we are here to help you take imperfect action to find your success as a hairstylist. Do, 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 do. I can't with you. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, Kelsey, you start an episode. Yeah, and that's how I wanted to start it. (laughs) You sure did. I was like, are you sure? (laughs) Because today we're talking about weddings. If you didn't get it from the song that I I just sang. Yeah, I think they did. That was great. I love it. I love it. What a great start. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. It was just What are we going to talk about weddings? Weddings, all things weddings. Okay. I've got a lot to say on the weddings. First and foremost, have you ever been a wedding hairstylist? Yes. For okay. many, 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 many years. And you no longer do them? No. Me either. Yeah. So Thankfully. I'd like to dissect today the pros and the cons of wedding hair. Yes. Um, all the details that go into it on site, in your salon, mm-hmm. how you charge, mm-hmm. how you prepare mentally and physically, um, and maybe all the tools that you would need for your wedding day kit. Mm. Love it. Yes. Mm -hmm, I've done mm -hmm. all the things. So let's get into it. Let's dive right in. So when I first moved back to Columbus, I didn't have a a solid client base and I knew that I had to build. So I thought a great way of doing this would be to join a company around here that travels and does weddings. Hmm. So I became a freelance artist under their name, under their umbrella. It's actually a national company. It's called I Do. I actually think they changed their name to something else. I'll have to Google it while you're talking. Um, but at the time, it was called I Do, and so it was all over the country. Um, so people could just, you know, like the the knot or wedding wire, they could yes. go on there. It was something like that. And they could find a hairstylist directly through that. And then we were hired out individually to go, you know, do the trial and go out and do it. I found great success in this. Okay. I was booked every weekend that I wanted to be. Nice. Um, from there, I got referrals for people to come in and, and do their hair. So for then sure. I could do color and cuts. That for me was a great building block um, mm-hmm. to gain a clientele unrelated to weddings. But at the same time, it was very taxing. Oh, yes. So incredibly mentally and physically taxing. And I remember every time I would leave a wedding, I had like the worst migraine, like Mm -hmm. my head hurt so bad. And I think it was just like the trauma of the day, which is ironic because I will do 14 to 18 colors in a day and be totally fine. Yeah. But give me seven bridesmaids. And I was like, whoa, this is a a day of pressure. There's a lot riding on that one style. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so I definitely think there are pros and cons to both sides of it. And I think it's really cool how in our industry now, there are some stylists who just do weddings. Yeah. They've created an entire business out of it. Yeah. So have you, when you were doing wedding hair, did Mm -hmm. you bring people into the salon or did you go to them? Uh, We did both back in the day when I started because I was at a commission salon and because you didn't have clients, you got all of the um, special event styling, proms, Mm -hmm. weddings, all that kind of stuff. And that's it. Even if someone didn't know how to do updos, you just had to do them and figure it out. It was traumatic for a lot of stylists, but I always had a little knack for it. I didn't mind it. I liked it. So I didn't care. So when I opened my salon, yeah, we definitely did wedding parties because I had a a salon of building stylists. So same Mm -hmm. thing. I think it's a great way to build a clientele if you have the skill set to do styling. Not everybody does. Not everyone does. Yeah. So how do you find out if you have that skill set? Like, how do you figure it out? You just got to do it. Uh, Yeah, I... I agree with that to an extent, but maybe you start trying it on your mannequin. Well, yes, you got to get, yes, that's what I mean. You just start, you don't just like get a client, but you just start. <laughs> You're like, let me pe- book this wedding and, <laughs> and I'll just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I took a $500 deposit. Um, yes. And I just think that some stylists can be amazing stylists, but they are terrible at upstyling, special event styling and things like that. It does take a different skill set. For sure. And you have to love it. Um, so we would do in salon and on location. Um, I used to have different prices for in salon versus on location because it was always on a Saturday. And on location, if we were able to come back to the salon, we would still be losing out on time for traveling um, right. to take other clients in the day. So when you are a regular hairstylist taking clients on Saturdays and doing a wedding party, it can start to become a little like, well, am I losing money doing wedding hair if your prices aren't enough mm-hmm. or, you know, so and there, there's a lot with weddings. Segways into my next topic. I, I'd like to enlist you and your friend, Miss Chat GPT. Yeah. I wonder what the average cost of wedding hair is today. All right. Because since up. we're no longer doing wedding hair, I am kind of out of the game right now. I'm not really sure how much it costs, but one right. of my good friends is getting married And I think that the quote for her bridesmaids for them to come on location to our place and do our hair, I think it was like 140 a head. Now that's obviously before tip. That's just the style. Right. Um, Does that include their trial? Well, no, this is just for the bridesmaids. Hers was 200. Okay. Um, And I don't think it includes the trial. I think the trial was 100. Um. So, you know, I, I'm so curious to see like what the pricing is and how now they build in their traveling fee into their pricing. So I think it's something important that if you are considering going into adventuring out into the wedding world, you have to decide right now how you want to price it. Do you want to say, this is my price, this includes a travel fee um, and it's per, per person? Or do you want to say, you know, this is the price plus a $400 travel fee or a $200 travel fee that just covers you regardless of how many bridesmaids or people who are getting their hair done there are. Right. Well, um, chat GPT was of no help because yeah. she said that it can range anywhere from 50 to 300. Oh, perfect. Yeah, right. Great. Yeah. Um, well, now, okay. So in my area in a smaller area than Columbus, because Columbus, you can get higher prices. 
for mm-hmm. things. Um, in my area, I see wedding styling at around $100. And that does not include the trial, um, but the trial usually is a little less right. for that. So that's what I see on average. One of the biggest things that I learned when I consistently did wedding hair was how to price and how to take payment um, because that was our biggest thing of booking out an entire day or you know a couple hours in the morning for a wedding style. I did learn after a couple years to have all wedding hair be paid for. Um, I, I don't know if I did two weeks or 30 days before the date. So you had the whole thing paid for. No one paid you day of. Yes. You know why? Because to me, there was nothing worse when it was wedding day and they're like, oh, bridesmaid Becky is not coming now. (laughs) Bridesmaid Becky. Bridesmaid Becky drank too much at the (laughs) rehearsal dinner. And so now one of my stylists is down a one hour slot. Mm -hmm. And now this wedding party really isn't worth it. And it's super annoying. And I also got really specific when, especially when it was in, no, actually, no, on location or in salon about, we would give a schedule. I didn't care who was who, what was what. I always said when the bride was going to be based on when they wanted it done by, but um, it was always like, we have bridesmaids number one, two, and three at 9 a.m. Bridesmaids number four and five at 10 a.m. or 10, 15, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, because they will maybe show up on time, or they would be with the makeup artist. So then you're stuck and just waiting for someone. Haven't you had that? Oh my gosh. I was stuck waiting three hours Mm. last person before. And there's nothing more frustrating than that. You're just seeing your Saturday dwindle by. Yes. And and it's always in the And they're still on a time crunch. They they need to be out at a certain time. So it's really tough. So I felt that helped a lot too. But those are my old school ways because it's been like a couple of years since we've done um, wedding parties, but I have, um, a friend who owns a salon in like the town over. Um, it's a very large commission salon. She has a whole separate wedding division to her salon, which I think is incredible. So she will hire, I think she still hires like even people who don't actually work in her salon to go to on location. So she has this whole separate team. I know. I'm like, I would never want to manage all of that. But I think that is such a smart idea for a salon owner where like, what if you don't have spots for somebody and you want to like grow your team, you could put people on this wedding crew, right? I know, mind blown. What if you're doing things for me over here? I don't know if she does that, but that's what I would do because there's nothing worse than when a stylist leaves. Um, Good for them. They're moving on, growing in a different way, but then you need to find someone to fill that spot. What if you already have somebody that's kind of in, but not, and this is how they get in. No one in my salon does wedding hair anymore. And well, no, we have a couple, but not many. So, I mean, we get requests all the time. So I'm just like, I just like give them my friends numbers and like different, whatever. What if you built a team that, you know what? I know this is a little bit off topic, but this is kind of brilliant. Well, it's not off topic. This is the topic. This is the topic, but this now we're like topic. topicking wedding all, hair. Wedding yeah. So hair what team. if you're somebody who does not want to do wedding hair? Oh, dang. I need to do this too. Cause I get, I get contacted all the time about it. So I'm like, well, um, I do have a few stylists here and then they might not be available. Then I have to say, well, good luck. I don't know right. who's doing it these days oh in our gosh. area. I love this. This is such a great idea. So that that is something uh, if you are a hairdresser who doesn't do or a salon owner who doesn't have stylists who 
you know, do wedding hair. You could build a small freelance team. Yeah. If you are a hairdresser who is in a salon that doesn't do wedding hair, you could look for these small niche teams Mm -hmm. to try to be a part of them. I think this is a really cool concept. You definitely need something else to do. Don't you need another business? I see I see what you're saying and <laughs> I feel what you're saying. And like that went through my mind too. Could we? Should we? But here's the problem. I'm already doing it. I'm yeah, fielding all the responses. I'm fielding them all and then handing them out to like other people, yeah. like my friends. I mean, like, you hey. Basically, it would be like a finder's fee. Like you you have these people come in, you pay them out and you just take a percentage of it. Or not like a okay. commission type thing, but like you just take a, you know, 10, 15% really cool off the top. Yeah. Is, we're speaking of really cool. Is that top from my boutique? It is. I knew it. I was like, what? That thing is so cute. I'm like, wait, I think, I think it's I my like, that. it's my like, what do I wear? I'm so cozy. Throw just throw it on. Yeah, it's very exactly. cute. It is. Okay. So let's talk about more wedding hair. How do we, I don't know what direction you're wanting to go, but my first thing I think of wedding hair is how do we navigate difficult wedding clients? Mm. Mm. Because I that think that's is. the thing that makes stylists step away from it probably more than anything mm-hmm. is managing expectations and the happiness of a bride or bridesmaids. Because sometimes I think they're worse than brides. I do too. And I think it's hard because the picture, you know, how often are you, sh- do you have any ideas? They show you a picture and it's completely different hair than what they have. Yeah. It has like 12 pieces have, in it. You have one hour, one shot to like... Yeah do this. It's not like a color consultation where you can be like, look, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to happen. Like when it's going to take us several sessions, we could get there eventually with these X, Y, and Z. This is like, you don't have a lot of time to figure this out. Um, and so you're right. You're managing their expectations and then the feedback and the pushback and the disappointment. Um, I, I will tell you, I am very candid or was very candid when I would do weddings um in the sense that if they asked for something that i was like one not confident in or two confident in that their hair could do it i would straight up tell them like listen your hair is not thick enough for this my skill level i will do the do i can do x y and z but i cannot completely match this because this project would take me in a yes. half a day a half yes. a day i would have to you know have you seen some of like the the 80s glam or not sorry the 80s glam the vintage glam waves yeah which is my favorite thing to do i love it and it's so beautiful on a bride you need the right kind of hair you need the right kind of hair and you need the right kind of tools and you need it to set and i'm sorry i don't have an entire unless it's unless it's told to me way in advance that i can set everybody's hair for you know a long time you don't have that especially if it's just you on location you just can't Right. So, totally. you know, I, I think being honest is the is the best solution. And for the most part, I have found that if I am honest and upfront, rather than them showing me a picture and be like, yeah, I got this girl, no worries. It's yes. gonna be great. Worst and thing a stylist can do. Worse. I am a firm believer in being confident and, and yes. faking it till you make it. But if you Don't know you truly you fake it. Yeah. You ain't gonna make it. Yeah, like you gotta make it. Yeah. You, then you just gotta not do it. You gotta be like, let's look at other options. Yes. How much easier cool. is that? And sometimes during that trial, I'll be like, okay, let me just do a couple curl um, test strands. Yeah. And oh, then good. you curl it. You let some cool use of products in a couple of them. And then you show them like the brush. Because like with that look, you have to brush out those curls. So they have that, you know, wave, that deep wave mm-hmm. in it. Um, and then it just like, bleh, it falls and it does nothing. Right. And so it's like, there, we got, we got to choose something up. Uh, you yeah. know, take but it up or something. Most of the time, I would say the problem is actually not the bride. 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you've had the same problem as I have. It is sure. not the bride. It is no. the one bridesmaid. It's usually it, it like is. the sister of the groom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she is, this is her day now. Like th- she is reliving her wedding glory days, like getting everything she didn't get when she got married. She wants this. I'm, I am, it's without a doubt every single time. And I can pinpoint her as soon as I walk in the room. I'm like, you are going to be the most difficult one. For sure. I always say that, it, I always say it's the bridesmaids are, that are the problem on the wedding day. Like mm-hmm. I'll definitely have some um, particular brides, ones that nitpick a little bit during trials, but I'm like, that's what this is here for. Exactly. I've had some come in for a second trial because they wanted to change it completely or do it again. And they might be, they might be a little harder to deal with on those trial days. But then when it comes to the wedding day, those people are like so chill. Agreed. That's what I have found. And then it's the bridesmaids that are a nightmare and they pick and they, you can hear them complaining, like, look what she did. And like, they'll come oh. to the house. Can you fix this? And oh my God, I can't even. I can't. It's, I'm like getting PTSD thinking about at the end, you're finally done. You're done with everyone. And they, then there's a line. They all filter back in. Like, can you fix this one? Yes. Can, do you have any bobby pins? Can you spray me down? I need, can you curl this again? Yes. And you're just like, I just want to get out of here. You just can't wait. Like, especially when they were in my salon, you could not wait until this all left. And then like the salon goes quiet and it's a whole, but I always do laugh though. I feel like every single wedding party has its own collective personality. I remember when we were doing a bunch of them every single weekend in the salon and we'd have like the chill bridal party, like everyone was just low key, didn't care. That's great. Love it. They were quiet. And then I remember the next one, they were like rowdy, just went to Nashville mm. talking about how much they drank the night before. Like they were fun, but they were so loud. Mm. And they all, and some of them are picky and all that. They all have, comp- so you don't know what you're going to get until that mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. you just are caught off guard and it's a whirlwind until it they sure leave. Is. It yes. sure is. Yeah. I think you got to prep yourself mentally for those, for those yeah. moments. So the best way to deal with, you know, those difficult clients is with a smile on your face, mm-hmm. but a firm understanding of the services that you can provide yes. and helping them understand what they can expect. I feel like if it's like with any good consultation, you know, if you're a colorist or a cutter, like any good consultation is setting expectations and it's no different in the wedding world. As long as you can set those expectations of what they think they can get out of it, there really shouldn't be a ton of pushback at the end. Right. And if there is, well, I don't really know. I was going to say, I don't really know how to help you on that one because that's just well, part of the I do have a little story. Do we have time yes. for a little story? Yes, close on a story, Abby. Okay, great. So this is actually currently happening right now. Oh. Uh, one of my longtime client, clients, she is getting married right after Christmas this year. And I don't do wedding hair anymore. So she did find somebody else, very excited about her. And um, they, her and her mom went in for the trial. And my client was just not loving it. And she was like, I just saw her like a week or two in the salon. I'm actually going to see her this week again. And uh, she said, I just don't like it. It was this, it was that. She's doing those those waves too, mm-hmm. those long mm-hmm. down waves. She has hair kind of like me. And so she was ready to ditch this stylist off of the one trial and do her hair herself on her wedding day. Oh, no. And she lo- she's got beautiful hair. She loves it to look just actual actually perfect and all these things. And I was like, let me see the pictures. I had to talk her off the ledge because she shows me the pictures. Her hair looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It just needed a couple tweaks. So I had to like talk her down. I said, now listen, your hair looks 
beautiful. You just need to contact your wedding stylist and say, I would love to do another trial if that's okay. And um, just do a few tweaks and I will pay whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Key phrase. Key phrase. Because the stylist will think, does she want this done for free? So she literally texted her when she was in my chair. I'm sure this stylist, this wedding stylist hates my guts because she's probably saying, my stylist said. Oh gosh. When a client says that to us. But I'm not knocking this girl at all. I'm actually saying, no, you want her to do your hair. It looks great. Mm-hmm. It looks fabulous. So she did. She contacted her. She was going to get in for another trial. I'll find out this week how that went. Um, she actually just DM'd me this weekend and asked me what products to use. So, oh, good. Um, yes. So I feel bad because it's like, oh, I know her hair and I could do it. But after everything we've just talked about, it's solidifying why I don't do wedding hair anymore. Right. But I feel like it's also important to circle back to the beginning and remind everyone that there are so many positives to doing wedding hair as well. You know, the contacts that you can make, the building of your business, the fact that as a newer, newer stylist, you can come in and have a fully booked schedule and then build your fully booked wedding schedule, but then build your clientele at the chair as well. I mean, that alone is one reason to go into the wedding industry. Doesn't mean you have to stick with it forever. I don't know that it's always a long game for every stylist, but it is a great start game if you're asking me. Um, And there are those other people out there who just love it and more power to you. 